0: Thank you, choir. That was wonderful. Our scripture reading today is taken from Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father, and he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not stretch out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns, And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the place of his son. Abraham called the name of that place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it will be provided. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Abraham, the Lord, cried out. Here I am, he replied. Here I am. Three simple words, but a great promise. I wonder, as I read the text, if Abraham knew why God was calling out to him, had he known what that sacrifice might be, if he would have been so quick to say, here I am. I wonder if he knew the trial that lay ahead, the test that would be almost too much to bear, I wonder if he would have so readily cried out, Here I am, Lord. You see, that's the thing. When God calls us, we don't have all of the information. When God calls us, we don't have the game plan. Most of the time, we really don't have any idea of what lies ahead of us. We may think we know, but friends, we don't know. Actually, I worry the most when I think I know where God is leading me. Because in those moments of arrogance, when I'm pretty sure I have a good read on where God is calling me to go, in those moments where I think I have cracked the code, figured out the plan, those are the moments that I am typically the most wrong. We don't have the whole story when God calls us, even when we think we do, especially when we think we do. As God called Abraham and as God gave him the directive to take his son, his only beloved son, Isaac, and as God directed him to take Isaac to Moriah and sacrifice him there on the mountain, Abraham had direction, but he didn't truly know the plan. When Abraham thought he knew the call, he still didn't know the whole story. Abraham was assuming the worst based on what he thought he knew God was calling him to. But there was more, so much more. It's funny how God's timing works and how God's call works. Who knew that we would stand here on this day? Only God. The first time I walked into this building was in March of 1992. My sister was getting married here. That is where my story here begins. But that was just the beginning. Since then, I have had a great-niece and two great-nephews baptized here. My family has had some wonderful and holy moments in this sanctuary, and I praise God for all of them, but those holy moments are only part of my story here. In January of 2013, I felt very unsettled. I wasn't happy in my career. I felt as if God were calling me into something new, but I had no idea what it was, and I was searching. I didn't even know what I was searching for. I just knew I was searching And I saw an ad for a part-time job here at Faith. And I told my husband, I said, I think I'm supposed to apply for this job. Now, mind you, at the time, I had the highest-paying job of my career. We had three kids still at home. David's oldest daughter had just graduated from high school. She was figuring out adulting, and we thought she was going to get married soon, and we were right So we were not in a financial or a life position for me to leave my career and take a part-time job working at a church. And I tried to argue with God. I tried to outrun the idea that I was supposed to be working in the church, that I was supposed to be working in this church. But when you try to outrun God, you just get tired. So I applied for the job, and I got the job, and I left my financially secure position and began on a journey with no idea of the true destination. If you had told me where I was going, I would not have believed you. And as I look back on it now, I still really can't believe how it's all progressed. In this place, this holy place, I found a job, but I found so much more. In this place, I answered a call into pastoral ministry. I heard God call, and unlike Abraham, I didn't say, Here I am, Lord. My response was more like, Hold up a minute. No, wait. As I began to explore my call, I began to work with Reverend Donna as my mentor, and I tried everything in my power to outrun God's call. When running didn't work, I tried negotiating with God. I told God and myself that I thought I wasn't being called to be a pastor. No, I was being called to be a deacon in the church. As a deacon, I thought I could work with individuals with special needs and help them find a connection with the church that I thought was lacking. But if I'm honest, I felt I would have more control over my call as a deacon. But God wasn't calling me to be a deacon And I finagled and I argued and I negotiated and I tried to flat out refuse to participate in the call that God was laying out before me. God remained patient and faithful, though persistent and prodding. And I remember one day as Reverend Don and I were completing the book that you work through as you work toward being a pastoral candidate in the United Methodist Church, we were sitting at my kitchen table and I said, well, I can tell you one thing. I do not want to be a Sunday preacher. She smiled. And now I can imagine the knowing giggles from the heavens. Because isn't God hilarious? I declared what I would not be. And all the while, God was continuing to mold me into the call that God had designed just for me. And now, I'm a Sunday preacher. I preach the gospel not once, not twice, but three times every Sunday because isn't God hilarious? Just like Abraham, I truly had no idea of what God was calling me to when he called out my name. Even when I thought I knew, I, I did not know. But God knew. The same God who set the stars in place, who set the world in motion, The same God who called out to Abraham called out to me. That same God calls out to you with plans we can't even begin to imagine. And now God has called me back here to the place where it all began. God has called me to return to the place where I stood with my sister as she got married and where later our daughter would be married. God has called me to return to the place where my family has made promises to help my niece and my nephews to know Jesus. God has called me to return to a place where I stood and sang with people I will call my friends for my lifetime. God has called me to the place where I first began to hear him whisper my name. And just as Abraham had no idea of the journey that lay ahead of him, and of Isaac, and of all of God's people. We have no idea of what journey God is laying out for each of us individually, and the journey that God is laying out for us together as a community. But we know all that we need to know. My life verse is Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. That's all we really need to know. I see this promise lived out as I look back on my story, and especially on my story here. I see God's faithfulness to me each time he called me, especially to the calls answered in this very place. And so I say, here I am, Lord. Here I am.
1: Sometimes I wonder when Abraham got up that morning to take Isaac to the place that God had shown him, if there were any stars out. I wonder if he looked up at the sky long enough to pause and remember that night under the stars when God promised him more descendants than he could count. I wonder if he doubted if only a little, if only for a moment, In God's plan, before saddling his donkey and faithfully heading out to an unknown place and into an unknown future. It certainly wasn't the first unknown place that God had asked Abraham to go to. We can all go all the way back to Genesis 12 and follow Abraham's journey from his father's land and beyond. Yet all the way, Abraham trusted in God's provision and God's grace for him and he trusted in God's promises, even when he couldn't see how they could possibly come true, he continued to trust in God. Never doubting that he should follow him, not when he was in hostile territory, not when he needed to rescue his nephew's family, not when he continued waiting and waiting for a son. Having that faith meant remembering that God's promise was permanent. And just because he couldn't always see how it was going to work didn't mean that God was unfaithful or untrue. Abraham had to learn to trust that just as one cannot see the stars during the daytime, it doesn't mean that they still aren't waiting there for night to come and reveal their splendor. And I know that feeling myself as a Christian and as a pastor, that uncertainty about what is coming next, and yet that underlying confidence that God is still in control. I remember what it was like to sit on these very stairs and listen to Pastor Charlene talk about what it meant to be a licensed local pastor and to realize that the calling that God had laid upon my heart years before was about to become a reality, but still wondering how that was all going to work out. I remember standing in the kitchen downstairs here getting ready to eat my lunch before disciple Bible study one day and getting my very first appointment phone call from district superintendent Doug Lewis. I'm being so excited and so terrified all at once. And over the course of the last six years there has continued to be a good mix of both uncertainty and the future, but certainty in God's plan. I have faithfully embarked on unknown journeys with seminary and ordination, not clear on just how I was going to be able to accomplish those but knowing even through some of the most difficult moments of my life that God was with me, that God had a plan, and remembering that I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And Pastor Charlene and I have faithfully walked this journey of cooperative ministry together with our churches, even when we didn't have a clue what cooperative ministry was supposed to look like, even when we realized sometimes that the conference didn't have any idea of how it should work, And even though through all of the ministry changes and appointments, as well as COVID and post-COVID realities, all those things that came along with it, we have faithfully continued to move forward, knowing that God would make a way for us and our churches as we learned how to serve God and each other together. And I have to say that God has been more than faithful through it all. I look up this morning and I can still see the stars in the light of the faces of all of the people who have supported both Charlene and I throughout our ministry journey. People who have encouraged us, prayed for us, and given us the opportunity to follow our call. For me, this actually goes all the way back to Sally Cook back there, who gave me my first big responsibility in church back at Washington Street United Methodist Church as an acolyte on Sunday mornings, an acolyte who was hardly even tall enough to light those candles, and Jan Foy, who not only cast me as an elf in her fourth-grade Christmas play, but also encouraged me to play the clarinet, which led to a lifetime love of music, and Peggy Fout, who I've known since our family visited this very church back in the 80s sometime, and I attended Sunday school class with her son. I see the faces of those of you who attended the contemporary service and those of you who served on SPRC when Charlene and I were approved as candidates for ministry. I see and I feel the light of those of you who have continued to encourage us throughout our journeys, those of you who have prayed numerous times for our families and our ministries, and all of you who have so warmly welcomed us this morning. And I can feel God's faithfulness and spirit in this place that is both a new appointment and yet feels like home at the same time. We are surrounded this morning as we are every time we gather together for communion by a great cloud of witnesses who faithfully walk before us, making a way for each of us to walk the path that God has chosen for us. We all come to the table, each with our own respective faith journeys, but surrounded by the light and the love of our fellow Christians. We come with our memories, we come with our families, and we come with our faith, knowing that God's grace awaits us in every step. This past Tuesday night, I was out weeding in the butterfly garden at Sycamore, surrounded by the smoky gloom that has been hovering over us as a result of those Canadian wildfires. And I knew it was getting late, although with the overcast smog, I couldn't really tell, since it had pretty well looked the same all day long. But then I looked over toward the grain silos in the west, and I could see the sun, a little pinkish-orange ball shining through. And I thought to myself that that is just like God. Even when everything around us is hazy and unclear, God is still there. And if we look for him... We will find him. For many of you, as it is for Charlene and I, this transition is another leap of faith that we are making. Knowing that God is a part of our journeys. Knowing that as the Bible tells us that he will direct our steps and light our path as he continually serves as a light onto our feet. Knowing that even when we cannot see the stars, that they are still shining brightly. For God's promises are true. So let us... Gather around the table this morning, and the certainty that there is enough, and the certainty that we are loved, and in the certainty of the words of Jeremiah twenty nine eleven through thirteen, because God's fancy like that. We did not talk about our messages. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Whenever God called him, Abraham faithfully responded, Here I am, Lord. So let us stand and sing that hymn together as we prepare our hearts and minds for communion.